Welcome to the Purpose Marriage Podcast. If you're in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you'll find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy. Amy, say hello. Hello. Well, here we are in April. It is Easter. Actually, tomorrow we've been celebrating uh, this weekend. We had our Good Friday service last night, and we're gearing up. We hope that uh, you all out there in our listening audience will be able to attend church this weekend. Amy, what have we been up to this past month? Well, we started framing our house, so that's very exciting. We can actually see the rooms start to come to life. We spent quite a bit of time there yesterday. We were there last night just checking things out, and I was in awe and wonder of the fact that something was actually standing, <laughs> because yeah. for so long we'd been waiting for for that. Yeah. So, so that was encouraging. Yeah, it was very encouraging, and we, um, we're, it's exciting to plan because I've been talking to our builder um, who actually attends our church and is a good a good friend of ours, and he is helping us plan a soundproof room uh, for our studio. So when we move in, we'll be doing all of our podcasts from there. It will be soundproofed. I think the uh, overall quality will be much better. Uh, we have to do a lot of things where we're living now uh, to adjust for the sound. So. Um, it's just, it's exciting to plan and know if I, that that's if I coming. could sum up our efforts where we currently are, as it relates to production, I, uh, I think I would use the, the term Bush league. <laughs> so here we are in the bedroom, you know, making sure the air conditioner is off. Uh, the boys, boys have quiet. to be super quiet. <laughs> Everything has to be turned down. No TVs on. Uh, we have to hope that the neighbors across the street aren't going to be working on their um, crash up derby cars and fine tuning the <laughs> engines. Yeah, so it's it's less than ideal, but uh, despite d- despite that, yes, uh, it, we are afforded the ability and the means to put out content. Uh, but we we hope to improve that in in the coming months as we move to our new place. Uh, one thing I did want to mention here is that uh, in the course of this past month, actually the past couple months, we've seen lots of growth in our social media presence, especially YouTube. The first uh, three or four years, it seems like our subscriber, the number of subscribers was was stuck on like 92 to 94, and that would fluctuate one or two. Some cases we would even see it go down, but uh, this past month that has has skyrocketed for us. We're seeing uh, many more people listening and subscribing, and not just on YouTube, but our, our other uh, media outlets at all. <laughs> the media outlets that you are not on. 
What's that? I said the media outlets that you are not on. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so. funny to hear me brag about, you know, the growth here, <laughs> given how much I did detest social media. But, you know, we're, we're, you're using, we're using this to our advantage. And, you know, while I have this more or less disdain for a lot of what we see out there as it relates to social media, uh, we... we we can't really detach ourselves completely, I feel like. That would be like removing ourselves from the public arena. We can't take ourselves out of the world. We can't remove ourselves from society and sit in seclusion and not say anything or not speak to issues. And so uh, to the extent that we are able to voice truth on these platforms, I think I think that we should. Yeah, and we have had a very steady uptick. I mean, like Tommy said, in the past two to three months, um, our Facebook numbers and Instagram followers are significantly up. Um, so it's, it's very encouraging that, you know, people are, are finding us. Sometimes we don't even know how, um, but it's encouraging that people are finding us. It's just at the same time, you know, it's bittersweet. It's unfortunate because we know that means that a lot of people are going through difficult times in their marriages. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that, you know, in terms of understanding, well, where is this growth coming from? I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord for allowing this to happen. And I, I want to thank our listeners. Uh, it, may very, very, it, may, it may very well be the case that it is due to you all sharing or promoting the content that uh, you're hearing uh, that has caused this uptick. Uh, we want to continue uh, to ask you to share this information uh, as the Lord leads. Uh, the more we can get it out there, the more people who are going to be exposed to uh, truth. And not our truth. This is, this is God's truth. This is not wisdom coming from uh, my mind or Amy's mind. We, uh, uh, we claim to hold the truth of the gospel as our source of inspiration and teaching and uh, that will always be our commitment, uh, not not any wisdom that would come from our sinful hearts. Right. And I think also we and people have been uh, commenting or sending in messages. Um, one thing that we both very much agreed to before we started our podcast is that we wanted them to be very authentic and so we've been getting a lot of really funny messages recently um, about, you know, just the way that we kind of our banter back and forth and um, banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but our interaction. I've never heard her use that another. word before banter. <laughs> I know what it is. I've just never heard you say yeah. that. Anyway, so this is, exactly, this is exactly what Apparently. I'm talking about. Apparently people, people like our back and forth and, you know, we just, we, although we do want to speak truth, we also want to be very authentic and just, you know, try to keep it, keep it real. Well, I think that's one of the things out there that's lacking is an authenticity. So much of what you hear is, is, is polished and very feels manufactured polished. Right. and, um, I don't know there, there, there's something lacking. That's not a criticism for, uh, every, everyone and every ministry out there. There are, there are tons of great resources that, uh, have production budgets that, you know, seem like, um, 
the Lord has provided many, many funds for those things. And so they're able to do things in ways that we can't, and we're grateful to hear those things. And so uh, we just have a slightly different approach. This is where God has put us right now, and we we hope and pray that uh, what we're doing is a blessing to others. Well, in the course of counseling and hearing many of the stories from those standing for their marriage, we hear lots of things in terms of justification for divorce. And oftentimes, these reasons can seem very convincing, and standards get sucked into believing that what their uh, prodigal spouse is saying may have merit. We want to scrutinize these unbiblical arguments and equip our listening audience to dispel what is contrary to Scripture. So we'll start this off with today's theme verse. It's James 1.22, and I'm going to ask Amy to read that for us right now. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. James 1.22. Thanks. We chose this verse because we want believers to know and understand how important it is to truly know and internalize God's word. We want you to be able to discern what is true and what is false. Now, scripture provides the blueprint we need to navigate the lies and foolishness of the enemy's arguments. So let's, let's break this verse down doer of the word. So I would say this is someone who has not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. This person puts their faith into practice. Do you agree with that, Amy? Yeah. I mean, you can, there's a lot of things that we can say, oh yeah, I know that or, but it's a totally different thing to be obedient to God's word and, and do it. Yes. And to reflect on a famous saying of mine back when I was the prodigal myself, I wouldn't be able to hear anything coming out of the pulpit that, or in a growth group class or Sunday school class that I wasn't already familiar with myself. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that was to justify my, my, my failure to attend church on any given Sunday. Basically, well, I already know everything. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I I don't need anybody telling me what to do. And I remember just looking at him like, wow, you are the most prideful person I've ever met right now. But that was his response. I had, I had just, um, we, I was slowly come out, out of nursing, like weaning, uh, our third son, um, after I'd given birth to him and I, came to Tommy and said, I really think that we need to be plugged in. We have been really out of church for a long time. Um, and this is not like us and I'd like to get plugged back in. And why don't we join the Sunday school class? And I even gave him the options and said, here are a couple of different groups. And that was his response. When I said, why don't we join, you know, one of these, one of these groups, his response was, already know everything that the Bible has to say. That was basically a Mm. summary of of what he said. Yeah. And I I said those things so that I wouldn't have to go to church and potentially be held accountable Mm -hmm. for the things that I had allowed into my life. Right. Yeah. Uh, What's the second part of that breakdown there, The next part is... Hearers who delude themselves. 
And this describes those individuals who may have heard God's word spoken, but either ignored or excused the truth in order that they can continue in their ungodly pursuits. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Scripture uses the word delude, and this implies a deception and a filling of the mind with misunderstanding. It's this lack of knowledge that prompts the prodigal to use the excuses and arguments that they do. So, having said that, let's go ahead and examine some of these <laughs> arguments. And these I compiled I compiled this list based on things I have heard personally, things Amy has heard shared, uh, things we have read, uh, as we've seen the arguments made for divorce. Uh, and I'm sure many of you out there have heard these as well. So we're going to mention them and then uh, speak to each one individually. So here's the first one. This is, I'm not going to say any of these are particularly good. And so if I was to say this is a good one, I mean, that that means this is maybe a popular one yes. that yeah, they like to use. Uh, I've fallen out of love. What does that statement mean to you, first off, Amy, when you hear that? Somebody well, says, I've fallen out of love. <laughs> well, first of all, it's based 100% on feelings. There's no substantial, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, there, there's nothing behind that other than feelings. And feelings are very fleeting. Um, so, you know, I think we can't solely go based off of feeling that's not wise well, yeah i mean that our, our our feelings fluctuate from day to day and what we're feeling one day we might not feel the next uh, i remember in the course of our uh, experience there were days when you felt like or i felt like you absolutely hated me other days when you tolerated me other days <laughs> when you wanted to reconcile Right. Okay. So, I mean, your feelings are going to be all over the map. So, you know, when we say things, I've like, I've fallen out of love. Uh, again, just, you know, I, I want to say uh, that I agree with what you're saying there. It is something that is based on emotion. And, you know, what, what that whole idea of being in love, what, what does that in, even mean? We don't, we don't really hear that expression used in scripture. And I would say that's probably more of a contemporary right. expression because traditionally, you know, our marriages were arranged and it wasn't about, quote, falling in love at all. This is just right. a modern concept. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You're going to say something. Well, and I was just going to say, you know, I think it, you have to really examine what that does mean. Um, so if your desire and passion for your spouse has diminished, it's not because it's just suddenly left you. You know, you allowed your heart to be swayed and calloused. And so as to not be immersed in the oneness, the Lord expects us to be in with each other. Mm. Yes. And so when someone says, I, I've fallen out of love, that, that more or less... Uh, Take, gets them off the hook. In other words, they assume no responsibility. It's just something that has happened to them. Uh, arbitrarily happened to them right. that they, they can't help. It, it, just, it just happened. And we hear things like that all the time. This happened. And, you know, you, you fill in the blank when it comes to sin 
or the destruction that comes into our lives. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of other sins you could attach that mm-hmm. it just happened, you know. This is just the way that. it is. Yeah, right. no, no, we bear responsibility. Here's another one. Well, God just wants me to be happy. <laughs> we hear that one. Doesn't a lot. God want me to be happy? Yeah. Does God want me? Does God want us to be happy, Amy? I mean, honestly, I, I do think that you know, God doesn't look down and say, I really want them to be miserable. I think God does want us to be happy, but our joy comes from the Lord. And what God really wants is not necessarily for everything to be perfect, but he wants us to be obedient. Joy and fulfillment comes from being obedient, Yeah, being submissive to God's will. So it's not about us just being Happy. Well, it, and it's again, not, that's a and that's, feeling. And that's no, again, that's nowhere in Scripture does God say, I want you to be happy. Right. He wants us to follow our commandments. Uh, so this is, a, a, again, His a, a modern concept, I, I believe. Although, you know, the pursuit of happiness uh, has been something that uh, humans have been chasing for since since the beginning. And what do we chase after? We chase after things that don't actually produce happiness. Right. And a lot or of they times, produce temporary happiness. Yes, temporary happiness. And a lot of times there is a void and we're trying to fill that void with something. Um, and a lot of times that something is the wrong somethings. Because again, you know, scripture says that our joy comes from the Lord. And mm-hmm. I know in our lives, truly, I can say any time that we have had just true joy and just been delighted in something, it really has been when we have been very in tuned and aligned with God's will. We knew his will for our lives. We followed his footsteps and not our own. Um, that doesn't mean that life was always easy when we, you know, took those steps. Um, but I mean, I think those, you know, I think of, of the verse that talks about, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And sometimes he places us in those valleys, but he is there with us. And life can't always be the mountaintop experiences, but in our lives, we have, I mean, would you not say definitely since God restored our marriage, our mountaintop experiences have been far more abundant and frequent I mean, things that are happening that we never, ever would have dreamed or imagined, wouldn't you? Well, it's because we've that? delighted ourselves in the Lord and exactly. He has given us the desires of our heart. And so the things that we're chasing after now bring honor and glory to Him. They don't satisfy some primal, sinful human urge that we have within ourselves. Right. He's and implanting these desires in our heart. And so that's what we are striving to pursue. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say that. I I think why we have found happiness is because we are pursuing his will. You know, before we pursued our own wills outside of the Lord. And now, you know, his will has become our desire and it's become our will to do his will. Yeah. And let's be clear, you know, how the Lord is blessing us right now. uh, This isn't going to determine our happiness. No. He could take all of this away right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. 
because he's God. He is sovereign. He is con- in control of everything. But our, our emotions should not lead us astray. We should always be turning to him. And in those situations where God has taken everything, we still need to find joy in him. Exactly. Uh, read this next one. I heard this one. This was a, another good one. <laughs> I think I may have used this one a mm. time or two. We don't have anything in common. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had enough in common to get married to begin with. <laughs> so, so what changed? And in the case right. of children, all right, you have one, two, three, four, however many children. I think that's a pretty big thing. To, to have, have in common, common with someone mm-hmm. else. Right. right. You have this individual with with shared traits from both you and your spouse. All right. You are, you are attempting to raise them. You have so many things in common, but yet you make that argument. And that was what initially came to my mind when you uh, used that on me. We, d- we don't have anything in common. I, I guess at that point where you were coming from was... Um, I know you like to you like to hike. <laughs> what were you? Yeah. And I thought, no. well, maybe 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 that's it. I'm, I'm I, not maybe as active as she is. Yeah. Or what? Here, I think you know when you're going through these, when you're when you're starting to go through this and like justifying in your mind reasons why maybe you should you know move towards separation and divorce. It's very easy to pinpoint things that you don't have in common. And so some of the things, and I mean, just to be real and share with them things that I actually did think that we didn't have in common is I, he's right. I like to be active. I like to be on the go. Literally, I would be traveling and going somewhere all the time. Reality is no one can really afford all the things that I like to do. But again, those are things I like to do. And I was being very selfish. And it's like, well, you like to be at home. He's more of a, he's just more of a homebody. And he likes, you know, to have the comfort of his own home and and to relax. Because reality is he works very hard all throughout the week. And so I viewed it as, well, I like to go. He likes to stay. I'm extroverted. He's introverted. So therefore we're incompatible and we need to get a divorce. <laughs> Correct. So yeah. um, those were, you know, a few of the things that I justified in my mind of, mm. oh, oh, and let me, let me just state this and you'll probably laugh when I do. We do not like the same types of music. <laughs> Oh, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy likes very loud, like we call him hair band, hair bands, hair metal bands. <laughs> he likes just loud. Um, I like Striper. Striper right, is your his Christian favorite. Christian hair metal band from the 80s. I like Striper. I like 40s music <laughs> and I like 80s synth wave. Yes. So those are my three genres that I'll I'll listen to. Although I can get on board with the 80s synth wave and the 40s music I very much like, but for the most part that I mean and I know it sounds silly, but I bring that up because that's another one of those things I was like who can listen to that music? I just, I can't stand that yeah, music. Yeah, it, it's just such a surface thing, It's though. very surface. So these are the, you know, again, back to the point of 
when they say, because a lot of times they won't elaborate, you know, the prodigal won't elaborate on what is it exactly we don't have? Well, we just don't have anything in common. You'll hear that a lot. Anything. But anything. Yeah. Exactly. So there's, anything. that's to say there's nothing we right. find common ground on. But, but in reality, it's these very silly, um, in, you know, things that are so menial. Again, we had children in common. Yeah, trivial stuff. Well, I mean, the, the argument becomes more foolish if you frame it in the light of God's word and in in light of someone's faith. So if you have the prodigal who is claiming to be a, a Christian, and you are as well, and you have that commonality oh, of right. faith, I mean, that is a whole lot to have in common with another person. Yeah, faith and, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. an understanding of Scripture. Of course, if your prodigal is pursuing divorce, I would argue they don't have a really good understanding of Scripture at that point in their life. But, you know, uh, in a broader context, yes, Christianity and what that means, yes, that is absolutely something that you share in common with them. I mean, that's And that should be the huge. number one, right, honestly. Absolutely. Like, it's but it that is was, that important. That was dismissed. Yeah, that was dismissed for, well, we don't like the same kind of music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the music, so, that's more important. I just want you all to get an idea of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's move on to that next one. Um, I've heard this one a lot. I married the wrong person. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, this argument only surfaces when you have become discontented with your spouse. And it's often heard from those who place a priority on happiness instead of obedience. Yeah. I can't remember who said it. It may have been in the course of uh, hearing it said from the pulpit or from some of the resources that uh, we read or listen to. It might have even been Tony Evans, but uh, he was said that the, the person that you were meant to marry is the person you have married. Yes, uh, it is Tony Evans. I love him. He has one really powerful message and it's all about marriage and how he you know, he speaks to, um, and one of the points he says, he speaks to somebody being discontented in their, in their marriage. And he said, well, you know, you want to get a divorce, but then you want to get remarried, but God doesn't say you can do that. You Mm -hmm. know? So, so, but God says you need to go back to the person that you have separated with or divorced, uh, but you don't want to do that either. And I mean, just, he has a great sermon mm. on that, and it's very powerful because he's exactly right. We don't want to do the things that we're trying to justify in our mind. And so it is oftentimes when we're not happy with our spouse, again, we just we come up with all kinds of excuses to not be with, you know, the person that we're with. Um, and I've heard, you know, here recently I heard a story about, um, someone who had, you know, dated somebody when they were, I guess it was in college or uh, maybe even after college and they were so happy and they ended up, you know, going their separate ways. They didn't really, uh, break up for any real reasons. And then, you know, but they did break up. And then after, um, this person got married to her now husband, And it was like, maybe I was meant to be with that person. So, you know, 
I turn that around and say, so are you saying that, that God got it wrong? Are you saying that now that you're with this person, like God got it wrong, you weren't supposed to be with them. And so the answer, God's answer for you is to divorce. Right. Go against his teaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that that is not in line no. at all with God's word. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one. Oh, my spouse is not the person I married. My response to that is, who, who are they then? <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, um, you may have changed your likes or dislikes, or you may have grown distant because of your actions or their actions, but they're still the same person. Right. And on judgment day, they are going to be accountable for everything that they have ever done in their life because they are the same person they have always been. Right. All right. Yeah. So that one, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, who are they then? You know, like, and we know what that means. It, you know, the whole, we've grown apart and well, let, let me let me tell you this as it relates to that statement. They're not the person. I will tell you that right now, Amy and I are not the same people we were uh, as we before Christ got a hold of our lives. Right. I was not. Uh, I, I still have the same identity, this this the same name, uh, the same life experiences, but my heart has been changed. All right, and so that's only done when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life and that transformation occurs. So we'll acknowledge that uh, a person can change and they not be the same person, but that only occurs when they've either allowed themselves to be transformed by the Holy Spirit or they've given fully into sin Sinful and the desires nature. of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's it's not just one person doing this. It's it's likely both parties have allowed sin to creep into their lives, and the two have grown distant. So they they seem like they're not the same person. And basically, you know, if someone has gone the way of sin, they've actually become more real. All right, to they've who their natural uh, self. That's exactly exactly correct. Yes, right. Um, they become more authentic to their nature, uh, which is nothing but sin. Uh, and it, it's only the power of the Holy Spirit who can transform this and make us as an uh, instrument of light and truth if we allow God to do this. And I think that's a really important point. If you're just, you know, kind of on autopilot, living life on that setting, that is not growing in your sanctification. That is not growing in the Lord. And when you do that, it's very easy to go back to those natural sinful tendencies. You know, the Lord called us to work. I mean, again, back to our verse. Work out your salvation with faith and trembling, I believe is how the verse goes. Yes, it does. But even going back to our focus verse in James, be doers of the word. You can't just sit around and say, well, I'll let God transform my life how he wants to. That is not how we work out our salvation. That is not how we allow God to grow us. And so naturally, if you're doing that, um, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be going 
And you're not going to know the discernment. So you're not going to be able to discern God's will for your life. Mm. Um, so I think that that one's a really important one. Um, I didn't think we'd spend as much time on that one. I didn't either. I thought we would just kind of jump over that one. Um, but I, I think that you also made a really good point there that people can be very different. And I would say, you know, looking back, um, what, what, could I have done and what should I have done differently? The first thing is I shouldn't have been as passive as his wife to just make excuses. I should have gotten more involved myself in, in church and in God's word. I should have brought people around us that could have helped our situation when Tommy was, you know, kind of often la la land. Um, there are a lot of things that I could have done, but one of the most important things that I should have done as his wife is been patient and continued to wait on the Lord. Um, because he's right. He had changed, uh, when we got married in the course of our marriage, um, and changed in not, you know, all of the good ways, but I had too. And so I'm really thankful that God did drastically get a hold of our lives and and change our hearts so that we could both be transformed together. Here's another one. I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) So when things get up, get, get all out of whack, you'll, you'll hear that said often. Well, I didn't sign up for this. Well, the fact of the matter is yes, you did. Yes, you did. And when you, uh, when you spoke those vows for better or for worse, this is exactly what we're talking about. You're going to find yourself in really bad situations in a marriage. And you stood in front of your spouse and God and said, regardless of how good or bad it is, I am going to stay in this. And, you know, when you walk away from that, you're lying. You're, you're breaking that covenant. And so, uh, yeah, that, that statement there, I didn't sign up for this. That's, that's foolish. You did sign up for it. Absolutely did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, with a lot of these things, you, you also have to have context too. I, I'm not talking about a situation where a wife is being beaten by her husband and right. she says, I didn't sign. Absolutely. You didn't sign up to get beaten. I'm not talking about that. No. And right? we are, we have tried to speak on this topic multiple times. We never encourage abuse or even condone or say, well, you should have been a better wife or, you know, even women abuse their husbands, um, physically as well. And so, you know, we're not at all saying, oh, you should stay in that situation. Um, these are not, yeah, perfect, perfect point to bring up. Mm -hmm. These are not the situations. We don't want to be misunderstood. We're, we're talking about, right. Uh, uh, next one. God told me it's okay to get a divorce. (laughs) God told me. He even, he even has a very, very strong statement and uses the word hate. So, um, I like to, cause I've heard this one and I know you have too, Tommy, <clears throat> excuse me, in counseling. So I like to go back and say exactly how did, because I really do want to understand. I don't automatically dismiss this. I want to ask and understand how they think that God told him 
that it was okay to get a divorce. And a lot of times, you know, they'll, they, well, I heard this audible voice or, well, I heard this song on the radio and it said this. And that is not how God speaks to us. God is very clear on how he revealed his revelation. I, I, I will say that God can choose to speak to us in whatever way he sees fit. He could impress upon our heart a truth through a song or something godly that we may hear. Right. On the airwaves, but, but it will never, it will never contradict what his word exactly. says. It will always align with that. Yes. And, you know, we have to be very careful. There are deceiving spirits out there. There are physical agents who do the will and work of Satan who are uh, influencing us on a daily basis. All you have to do is turn on the television and there they are influencing us along the path of darkness. And so you have to be very, very discerning. Uh, as it as it relates to this. And I would say, you know, back to that point, I would say, yes, absolutely, God can speak through certain means, but the very first way He should be speaking to us is through the Word of God. Mm. And if it is in if it is in alignment with, you know, what God's Word says, then absolutely. If it contradicts God's Word, then I'm sad to say you are not hearing from God or the Holy Spirit in those matters. Yeah. And I mean, I had an experience when we were separated where the I was awakened in the middle of the night and actually directed to Scripture by the Holy Spirit. It's, this wasn't an audible voice, but it was, unless you have the same type of experience, it's really hard to describe, but it confirmed what the Lord was impressing on my heart in terms of standing for the marriage and waiting for restoration to occur. And again, I was directed to his word. It right. wasn't some, some, uh, worldly or ungodly resource. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and also I right mean, back to scripture. In a lot of the words, the Lord was saying, Go to this verse in scripture. This is what I'm telling you right right now. And actually that experience, if you are a new listener, that experience that Tommy just um, told you about is actually the scripture that we've based our entire ministry. Yeah. And I think we have it. uh, I, I recount that story on our YouTube channel. I think it's the highlighted video. So if you go to our YouTube page, you can hear me uh, speak more on that. Uh, let's see here. We've grown apart and we, some of these might be related to one. Yeah. Another. We kind of touched on yeah. that. So one. you've allowed your relationship to grow distant. Correct. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> rather than we've grown apart or our relationship has grown apart or it's fallen apart or, you know, basically you're not taking responsibility. You've, you've allowed, you've, ha- you've played a role and a part in allowing this to occur. All right. Uh, as as well as your spouse, we're not disputing that, but again, that's not a reason to leave the marriage. Right. Okay. Right. The next one is God is okay with my divorce because my situation is unique. Yeah. Let me just tell you that every person who is pursuing divorce, they have a unique situation, and their experience has never been experienced in all of life. That's human how existence. we hear it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty amazing, even though 
you know, the script they're reading from to justify their divorce, they're all reading from that same script. Oh, yeah. In terms of excuses. Every person that I've heard, and even when I used these exact same words, it always started with, well, you just wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. You don't know what I'm going through. And so then I ask, okay, well, help me to understand what it is that you are going through that you, you know, are pursuing divorce. And, you know, it it can be as simple as we don't like the same music. You know, I mean, it can be something so simple that it's, it's not anything unique. It's not, it's all these other excuses, you know, once they start saying what it is, it goes back to all these excuses that we've talked about. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. No. The Bible states this. And so, you know, what what couples are going to face in their marriage, this, these type things have been plaguing our relationships ever since the beginning. So it's, it's not exclusive to you. All right. Let's be clear about that. Right. Uh, And then here, here's another one. This is somebody really has to be deceived. To use this, God brought this other person into my life. And we actually have heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you're miserable here in this relationship, and God has brought this other person over here, which would require you to divorce and leave your current husband or, because you're not happy. I've heard people who have used this to justify their affair with someone. Mm. And I'm I'm not, you know, we're not making these up. These are actual experiences. God did it, right? We've had God brought this person into my life and my wife isn't making me happy, but this person over here, she is, and God, God gave her to me. And I'm, I'm just like, wow. So you are committing adultery. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's one of the commandments that God tells us not to do that. And then now you're not only having an adulterous affair, but you're going to now divorce your wife and marry this woman. Yeah, God did that. Mm. Well, it's really my sad. answer is God, God didn't bring this other person into your life. Satan did. Yeah. You know, and as I thought about this, I reflected back on our time when we were separated and I was standing for the marriage and praying and believing that our marriage would be restored. And during that time, I received communication from um, two different individuals that on some level had a type of connectedness with me that I could have thought, oh, maybe this is the Lord bringing them into my life at this time because I have these emotional needs. Had I pursued that, we could have found ourselves in a very different situation right. than we are right now. Right. And so I knew that this was something that was being orchestrated by Satan. And, you know, it. I thought, well, what prompted these, these two different people out of the blue to reach out to me like they did? What, what prompted them to do that? And, I mean... <laughs> I had to go back to, well, you know, what what could possibly be the motivation here? What is at work, you know, in the unseen realm? Well, Satan clearly didn't want us to get back together. Right. So I think he was going to try to do everything he could to distract me and lead me astray. Well, and look at how that he was the tempted. strategy. And he does that 
all the time. Look in how relationships. he tempted Jesus in the yeah. desert. You yeah. know, it's it, again, it's not a new strategy. Well, he used things that would appeal to the flesh. Exactly. Right. And he knows where yeah. your weaknesses are. Everyone has different weaknesses. What Tommy's weaknesses are, are different than mine and vice versa. But that is how, you know, Satan has lived on this earth and studied human activity. He has studied us for years and years. He knows what works. He, right. He, he does. Now he doesn't know everything. He's not un- Correct. omniscient. He's not God. And God is still more powerful. Absolutely. Uh, but he knows what buttons to push and right. how to get reactions from us and what appeals to us. It's our sin nature. All right. Well, let's just let's just get right to it. So we've we've danced around with this now, the unbiblical arguments for divorce and what prodigals are saying. Let's go right to scripture. What does the Bible say regarding divorce? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six verses here. We're going to alternate these, and now we're not going to spend a whole lot of time elaborating on them. We're going to read them, and we want you to study these on your own, understand the context, uh, and then to take it for what it's worth. All right, Amy, you begin there. Luke 16, 18. Okay, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. Mm. Next. Yeah, I'll read the next one here. I just, I don't want to really comment on these but it's just that they're so powerful and it's black and white right there first uh, corinthians 7 10 through 11 to the married i give this charge not i but the lord the wife should not separate from her husband but if she does she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and the husband should not divorce his wife the next is Matthew nineteen nine, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. Mm. Malachi 2.16 For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. The next one comes from Romans 7, 2. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Mm. Hebrews thirteen four, Let marriage be held in honor among you and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Wrapping up. When our prodigals offer reasons to justify a pursuit of divorce, are they doing so with biblical authority? Well, if they are using any of the excuses we provided earlier, then no. With that being the case, they have no legitimate basis. Amy, read the next one. Does the Bible give us permission to divorce and remarry? Individuals are immune from the label of adulterer if their justification for divorce is based on abandonment or fornication. 
despite what many religious folks argue, the only allowance for remarriage is after a spouse dies. Remarriage while your spouse is alive is considered adultery. Mm. And that might be hard to hear, but that is what Scripture says. Uh, next one here. How should unbiblical arguments for divorced for divorce be dealt with? Well, we should deal with unbiblical arguments for divorce the same way we deal with other issues. That which is wrong and in error must be confronted by truth. And we have access to this truth through God's Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, Amy, any other thoughts or things that you'd like to share regarding any of this before we get into our online prayer requests? Um, I think I'd, I would just say, you know, back to what Tommy said about read over these and study these and study them in context mm-hmm. um, on your own. We can offer, you know, biblical counsel and our opinions to those that, you know, seek it. Um, but also our experience experiences, um, we always try to go back to the word of God. So Mm -hmm. our experiences don't dictate what we do. Yeah. Our experience don't determine what truth is going to be. It has, truth has to be, truth has to originate from the word of God. We have to go here first. Yes. And so I, I think you know, we can share our experiences and we can share things that we've said and things that we've done and what's worked for us. But I think it is so important what Tommy said, go back to scripture. You do your own research. You go to these scriptures, look them up for yourself, study them. God will reveal himself through his word. Right. And he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to say something Uh, in one passage and contradict himself in another one. If there's any misunderstanding, it's only because uh, we are human and uh, we haven't come to that full understanding yet. So, uh, and and we need to be careful not to take things out of context or to read things into scripture that isn't there. Case in point, I heard on the radio Christian counseling program where the counselor said, This is what he said. Jesus said, it's okay to divorce and remarry. They said this, and I commented uh, on their YouTube channel, and I I basically called them out, and I said, Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. And their response was to uh, provide one of these verses, but again... It was taken out of context. It was taken out of context, and the only thing that was said about remarriage was not to remarry. You know, there, there was no quote from Jesus where he's saying it's okay to remarry after you've divorced. And so uh, we, we need to all be, be careful about that. And just because you have uh, a certain set of credentials, uh, that doesn't make you uh, an expert on everything. And it doesn't mean that you alone have the truth. You could be very wrong in your theology, despite all the schooling and uh, quote, biblical knowledge that you think you may have. 
Truth comes from Scripture, from God's Word, and that's where the starting point needs to be for us. All right, well, uh, now's the time in our show when we, we mention and pass along prayer requests sent to us from our listening audience. We do this, of course, with the intent of helping to build an army of prayer warriors who can help you in this spiritual battle for your marriage. We're going to share some of our most recent requests, uh, and we ask that you all join in with us. And if you do have a prayer request, please uh, write in, and we will do our best to mention this. You can contact us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org. Be sure to put in the subject line, On Air Prayer, or you can go to the On Air Prayer page on our website, purposedmarriage.org, and simply fill out the form. Uh, Amy, uh, we have one here from Nicole F. Uh, Would you go ahead and read that for us? Yes. Nicole says, Hi, a fellow stander introduced me to your podcast, and what a blessing to hear your story. My husband and I had mediation the beginning of the month, and everything has been submitted so the judge can have the final ruling Mm -hmm. so the divorce should be final any day. We live in Orlando. My husband is a firefighter and I am a nursing home administrator. Uh, And we do not have any kids yet. I pray that my husband, Ben, will be touched by God so that we can, so he can repent for his salvation, sinful behavior, and for the restoration of our marriage. I pray that you will remove the craving, desire, and sin of alcohol out of his life and that you will soften his heart towards me. I pray that the other woman, other ungodly relationships, and soul ties will be removed from his life and that you will replace them with godly influences. I pray Ben learns how to forgive and that you will open lines of communication between us. I pray that whatever plans the enemy has to destroy my home, my family, and my marriage, it is canceled in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that Ben will move home so we can start a family and the divorce will not go through. In Jesus' name, I pray. Nicole, thank you for sharing that. And uh, we certainly want to agree with you and, and pray that prayer believing in faith uh, that this will occur. But we also want to say that God works in uh, wondrous ways. And uh, we can attest to the fact that even if a divorce goes through, God can still restore that marriage. All right. So I know this was shared, it looks like a couple weeks ago. Uh, We don't know the status of this situation currently, uh, but we do want to uh, pray for Nicole Uh, and for her husband, Ben. Uh, The next one here is from Monique. Uh, The message reads, My husband of 26 years walked out three months ago and after his 91-year-old mom passed away. I would like lots of prayers that he gives our marriage another try now that how I understand that I need to change. Our adult children are having a difficult time as we always appeared happy. Please pray for marriage reconciliation and restoration. Thank you, Monique, for sharing that. Uh, and also, thank you for acknowledging the fact that you yourself need, need to change. That's big. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Father, we come to you now with grateful hearts, thanking you for the gift of your Son. We thank you for the sacrifice which was made on our behalf so that there may be reconciliation between a righteous and holy God and sinners like ourselves. Father, we come to you now acknowledging that we don't possess the knowledge within ourselves to deal with all the issues we face in this life. We're grateful, though, that through your word we do have access to the truth, and it is through this truth that we must acknowledge and fully submit. Regarding the topic that we discussed today, Lord, we ask that you would bring those who hold to these unbiblical and foolish arguments to justify their pursuit of divorce to come to a full knowledge of the truth. We pray that they would see the error of their ways and fully submit to your will. Let them not be swayed by emotions or the folly that is the wisdom of this world. Help us to stay determined in our convictions and faithful to your teaching. May we be the salt and light of this earth that you have called us to be. And in so doing, help us to be kind, loving, and gracious as the truth is proclaimed. Strengthen us, Lord. Bind up our wounds and heal our hurts. Help us to stand for truth despite our weariness and weaknesses. As we close this broadcast, we ask that you help those who need you most right now. Be with those standing for their marriage. Convict those running from what they know is right, and protect all those who are caught in the middle of the mess that we as sinners in our flesh create on a daily basis. Father, we love you and we honor you today. We close this prayer by humbly asking all these things in the precious name of Jesus. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.